This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. This is the Coast and Country podcast from the BBC. You can find the terms and conditions on our website at bbc.co.uk forward slash radio 4. Today you can hear Open Country with Helen Mark. I'm going to start this week's Open Country in a slightly unusual way. Very unusual for me anyway, because I'm going on a run. I am at the eastern end of the South Downs Way. I'm looking out just to see um, Eastbourne is behind me there. I've kind of got a little glimpse of the sea, but there's a bit of a haze about. And I'm going to be doing this, well, part of this run with Stuart Mills, who really is a runner. (laughs) Now, the interesting thing about you doing a run on the South Downs Way involves a little bit of um, a mechanical contraption at the very start. So explain to me what we do now before we, we head up this oh, very okay. steep hill at the start. OK, well, this is the, the very start of the South Downs Way, which starts here in Eastbourne and goes all the way to Winchester. 100 we, miles, I believe. Yeah, but we're not going to run 100 miles. Because <laughs> it's a trailblaze trail. They've got electronic box, as you can see there, and that means that you can get centre dibber. It's like one of those micro pens that you have for the computer. Yeah, a bit like, like a yeah. USB data yeah. stick, yeah. yeah. And you see the, the white box, which I've just got at the very start there. The moment I put that in, it will make a note on the dibber the time I've put it in. The box that we're talking about is a white box. It's about the size of a, you know, a small reporter's notebook and it's pinned onto the side of an already existing waymark. Yeah. Let's go for it. And the point is that you start running from this point to what? You can run as far as you want to. The white box we just dibbed in is sort of a checkpoint, and I've got about 10 or 11 of them from here to Winchester, so if you only want to go, say, four or five miles, you go to the next one, which is Burling Gap. What's the point of it, Stuart? <laughs> you know, exercise. <laughs> well, if we just stop and have a look behind, that's that's oh, there, eh? <laughs> my goodness! There's Eastbourne and the beach and the waves that are coming in. Oh, yeah. right! It's a special view of the South Downs that you get, but you could get this walking. You know, you don't have to do it at speed. No, no. Well, the idea isn't to do it at speed. I mean, although it does record your time, it sort of also records how far you've gone. You could decide I, I maybe just want to do a four-mile run and that will take me to Berlin Gap, but I might want to challenge myself and go a little bit further to Alfriston or to Bitchin Beacon or something like that. And then once I've finished the run, I then send it off to Trailblaze and they can then put those times on the website. So you can see how fast you've gone and how you compare to other people who've done the same run? Yeah, it's, it's like being part of a virtual community. You're running on your own maybe, but then you can compare it to how you to yourself like a month ago or you can compare it to other runners that have done it on different days. But you have to pay for this, don't you, all this contraption? Yes, you do. I mean, so you could say, why pay for it when you could just do it anytime you want? But I think what's quite unique about it is that it just adds that little bit of extra to your run and it just gives you that incentive to, to get out and maybe go a little bit further on the run. Yes, I see that. But you're still having to pay to do it. How much is it costing? It's £70 for one year, and with that one-year membership, you can go on the, as many trails and you can do them as many times as you want. You love running. You yes, just want yeah. to run. <laughs> and yes, yes, you're looking at me as going, yes, Helen, get a move right, come on then. Let's get you just thing. love running. Yeah, I've done it for, well, since I was uh, at school years ago. 
in New Zealand, you know, we've got quite a few national parks, and so you've got access and you can run on the trails there, but when there's not a national park, you haven't got the right to run across farmers' land. But what is really great about Britain is if you've got this access, the, the bridleways, the footpath, and, you know, just really enjoy the countryside. I don't think I would make it to the next, uh, <laughs> the next post, not on foot anyway. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is, you see, there's been a little bit of um, controversy about this scheme. I'm going to find out something about that. Yeah. I'll get in contact with you later on to see where you are, and then I'll rendezvous with you again somewhere along the South Downs Way. Yeah, yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's fine. Now, you are going to be running into mist. Uh, I can see up here on the top. Yeah. So <laughs> don't get lost. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Bye, Stuart. Okay, then. See you later. See you later. Bye. Just a few miles from Eastbourne, there's a small stopping place. It's called Horseshoe Plantation. And on the way here, we passed Beachy Head, and... Even here, although we're sheltered by the trees, I can still hear the roar of the sea. It's, it's quite a stormy day. I've come to this particular point to meet Andrew Barker from Endurance Life, which is the company who have set up the Trailblaze scheme, and Tess Jackson, who's from Natural England. Where did this idea come from? Well, as a company, we, we specialise in organising trail running events, but they're, they're normally mass participation events. And as they've got more popular over the years, we felt a little bit uneasy about that because the places where we do our events are really spectacular, special areas. And we didn't like the fact that necessarily we were bringing thousands of people to these places and sort of mobbing the area. It just didn't feel right. In my opinion, anyway, the best way to experience these landscapes is on your own. You know, there's a, a real bliss in the solitude of running. But the other important aspect of running events is that thrill of the chase. So really what we wanted to do was kind of marry the thrill of the chase with the joy of solitude that you get from running in these wonderful landscapes and kind of put them together, and that kind of is where Trailblaze came from. Now, was it Natural England that approached you, or was it the other way around? Tess, how did this work? Um, Endurance Life got in contact with us, but um, from Natural England's point of view, we're interested in working with other companies or working with companies to try and make the most of the facilities that Natural England sort of manages, so National Trails being one of them. So Endurance Life came to us with their concept, which I have to say took me a while, well, not being a runner to get my head around, but you know, once I realised, and as Andrew sort of explained, you know, the experience of being out on your own in the spectacular countryside, I could relate to how quite a few people would really appreciate that. We know that the users of the National Trails include walkers, runners, cyclists and horse riders. But this was a way of actually, through the running community, making people more aware of the National Trails, their existence, and the fact that they do go through some of the most spectacular countryside in England. So, you know, this was an opportunity for us to introduce the runners that weren't already using the National Trails to the National Trails to access a new audience. Why do you need to do that, though? I think there's a lot of people that don't know they exist. And you know, this is a facility for everybody and it's just a way of marketing them to people to make them aware of them. Of all the trails across England it is, I think, just at the moment, how many have this scheme on? It's England and Offers Dyke, which is, runs obviously the border between England and Wales. So it includes Offers Dyke, South Downs Way, Cotswold Way, Cleveland Way and... Pennine Way, Pennine Way. Mm-hmm. Ridge Way, Thames Path. And as we've seen at the beginning here in Eastbourne, there is a box... which is pinned to, well, in that case, it was a Waymark sign, and that's where you record or your time or you start. Yes, okay. And they have have a flame sign on it. 
Yeah, that's the Trailblaze logo. Obviously, when we were designing the boxes, we wanted to make them uh, visible to the, the runners using it. So um, we went through a number of different ideas and designs, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we felt that was the ultimate compromise between unobtrusiveness and obtrusiveness, if, yes. if that makes sense. How many are there of them, say, on the South Downs way? I believe there's 11. Mm-hmm. On most of the trails, there's between, there's between 10 and 13. They're usually not closer than 10 kilometres apart. Who paid for this scheme to be set up and how much did it cost? Right, well, the money's been raised from a number of different sources and it depends on each individual trail. A quarter of the installation cost for each trail has been provided by Natural England... Yeah. A quarter has been provided by our organisation, Endurance Life, and the remaining half has come from local grant providers, usually actually sustainable development funds, so that will come directly from the area of outstanding natural beauty. And what sort of price? Well, each installation has cost just under £5,000 to make. You know, each, on each of the trails e- that you have so far? Each installation, oh, yeah. It's a lot of um, money. It is a lot of money, yeah. I mean, each box has cost just shy of £500 to install, all told. Um, so, yeah, it's not been a cheap thing to do. Natural England, I mean, you know, when funding is so tight, it's, it was quite a big financial commitment. We don't see it just as a financial commitment in the short term, but more of a long-term approach. The one aspect of doing this was, as we said earlier, is to get more people involved. But also, it's an opportunity for us to evaluate the opportunities for coming some sustainable sources of income for the National Trails. So you get money back? So we get money back. So How much? We get 20% of the um, registration fee. So for every tag or dib that Endurance Life sells, we get 20% back into the trails. It is a pilot scheme, though. Yes, and what we've done with Endurance Life is that we have this scheme going for 18, um, 18 months, 14 months, so to the end of May next year. And at that point, Natural England will assess its involvement as regards the national trail side of things with the trailblaze. There has been um, concern expressed about the scheme, about the boxes for starters, um, and the aesthetic quality of the boxes. People feel they just don't fit in the landscape. Already Andrew and I have been talking about, you know, what opportunities exist to maybe come up with a different design or maybe come up with an alternative technology or something like that. Are there fears that this is, you know, the beginning of a commercialisation of the countryside? You know, people having to pay to do things in the countryside, logos, you know, branding being promoted in the countryside, which maybe doesn't fit in with the ethos of a a national trail? Certainly the feedback that I've been getting would suggest that's what people are genuinely concerned about. And you know, that's a concern we fully, you know, can fully appreciate and sympathise with. If Natural England decide it's caused too much um, fuss, too much controversy, and it doesn't look as though it's going to make them any money, does that mean the end of the trails or do you stay there? Well, I think whatever Natural England decides to do, Trailblaze will continue to exist. We've now developed and we've invested a lot Um, of time and money and effort in developing this community that's how we see it and we're looking to expand the the idea to other countries so you're testing it out in 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 this country yeah yeah. we're a pioneering nation and i think that's the right place to do it let's walk a little bit up into the top shall we we're surrounded in mist and with nigel buxton I don't know if you're leading the campaign against No, this absolutely idea, not. I'm, but you, you're against it as a scheme. I'm only a sort of legionnaire. With us is um, Mark Richards. Now, obviously, Mark, as a writer, have you done the South Downs way, as it were? Have you walked it and enjoyed 
a less misty day on it? <laughs> well, I've enjoyed many long-distance trails. This is one of my omissions, uh, although I was born and brought up in the Cotswolds, and that was my first trail. And I got involved with the South Coast Path and then Offers Dyke. And you're talking trails there which have the trailblaze, the endurance life, a running scheme set up on them. Indeed. When, Nigel, did you first become aware that this scheme was being run on the Downs? About two months ago, when a friend of mine, who is a great walker, uh, she told me about it, very indignant. And, in fact, she was the prime mover in this whole campaign, if you can call it that, against the erection of these boxes. So are we saying you're not against the scheme as such? It's the boxes you object to, which are... You know, these small white boxes with But a you don't need a very logo. large piece of litter to disfigure uh, an otherwise impeccable piece of turf. It is the boxes which are the great offence. If there weren't any boxes, one couldn't reasonably object to people organising runners going up and down the trails. I mean, I think that would be very unreasonable. Uh, the boxes are an intrusion. They intrude on the ethos of the whole experience, of, of the outdoor experience. It is the principle of allowing a, what is a commercial enterprise to use the national trails as part of their scheme. It's the thin end of a very large wedge. If you have one commercial enterprise uh, using the national trails as part of their commercial scheme, why not two? Why not three? Why don't we have Coca-Cola or Volvic mineral water? And one of the things that irritates, to say the least, those of us who oppose to them, is that Endurance Life uh, and the National Trails talk about a pilot scheme. When you consider the investment that has gone in to the so-called pilot scheme, I think we might be forgiven for wondering if indeed it is a pilot scheme or if someone considers it a fait accompli. Are you going to fight this very hard then, Nigel? I should fight it with whatever <laughs> my feeble resources are. It's the boxes that are vexing Nigel so, Mark. Do you feel the same way as he does about these boxes? Or is there something else that you're concerned about, this concept? Uh, the boxes are not as big an issue to me. Neither are runners. Uh, I welcome everyone into the countryside. I believe it needs to be appreciated and valued for the health and the wealth of the nation, really. Ours of pleasure, ours to treasure. And I believe that people come to the countryside, many with new perspectives and are unaware of the ways of the countryside. I have been a farmer in my life. I know what it means, the farming year and so forth. So runners can be a little problem because they're not quite tuned into livestock and running through them and so forth. So there's a little health and safety aspect to it. But I, my big concern is the overall finances that are the basis of natural trails and the countryside as well. In a way, the natural trails officers have been slightly hijacked by one minority group, whereas I believe they could go uh, and address the, the greater element of country lovers who use these trails and seek from them funding for styles and infrastructure and stretches of paths, th things that need to be maintained over the years. The little bit of payback they're going to get from endurance life is very minor and it, of course it causes an excess of wear in certain pinch points. Are you concerned about what a running footfall might do to a trail? 
somebody who's racing against themselves, and, and a PB as they call them, can be less careful about how they attack a path. Uh, and so you have a different approach where a walker tends to be more sympathetic and careful. And as the founding fathers of National Trails were fundamentally trying to sustain a connection with the land, runners, of course, are not quite in that vein of thinking. They're breathing the air, not quite as involved with what's at the surface that they're hitting. You think about walkers. I mean, you know, boots have some mighty treads on them. There's a bike. Cyclists, yes. Yeah, they, they affect it as well. Yeah. Everybody has um, People have poles sometimes when they mm, walk, you know, yeah. so that digs in and then people bring dogs. So, you know, so there's there's lots of ways in which you could almost say the, the, the ground that is trod upon is abused. Mm. It is the fact that the, the finances behind them are crumbling and there isn't going to be the national money to maintain them. So we've got to find creative ways of engaging the recreational user in funding their maintenance for the future, no matter who's using them. But, but isn't this the start, then, of being quite creative, of trying to generate some sort of income for yes. trails? I had an idea, which I call PathPal, which was a way in which I could try and get interest parish councils and district councils and so forth in addressing their users directly. The endurance life aren't really looking at the foreground. They're looking at a business venture that has an international perspective and they want to develop a very big business. Whereas I'm more concerned with the intimacy of the one-to-one person who loves their landscape. What Mark is saying is absolutely the antithesis of what endurance life are doing, which is to introduce what one might call the London Marathon spirit into the use of the trails. That is precisely what we don't want. If 10,000 people want to dress up in Lycra and go and and, uh, run in London once a year for the London Marathon, good luck to them. It's a wonderful spirit, the marathon spirit, isn't it? In its right place, which is on the Tarn Macadam of London, not on (laughs) the South Downs Way, the Offersdyke Path, Hadrian's Wall, or anywhere else, which is meant to be a natural environment. I've managed to catch up with Stuart Mills again, our runner, at um, a place called the Burling Gap. And you've done a good four miles. A bit slower than usual. It's pretty windy up there. <laughs> and down here as well. And it's very misty up on top, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. you have to know where you're going. Yeah. So when you reach this point, you have another electronic box to put your dibber in. Yeah. Okay. And you can see, actually, it's just here next to the toilets here, but there's scaffolding, so we can't actually you access can't. it. <laughs> Bit of a blip, but I'm sure that'll be fixed. But as you say, it's it's just pinned onto the side of the toilet block, which is painted black and it's white, so it stands out quite clearly. You know how you mentioned earlier that there's a bit of controversy, which really surprised me because I think it's a it's a great concept where it just encourages people to get outdoors and and enjoy the countryside more. But I think maybe the the word blaze is putting people off because they might have visions of of loads of runners sprinting past them and and disrupting their peaceful walk. And, I mean, if anyone tries to sprint 100 miles, they realise that doesn't happen. So I think maybe that, just the word blaze, it's sort of, it is a strange word because I don't think that the idea is to go as fast as you can, it's more as, as far as you can, and that's how I see it. One of the other th- concerns was that it's sort of an extra wear and tear on, you know, a fairly fragile environment, these chalk trails. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how many thousand people are going to, to pay their £70, pounds, you know. And I think... The fact that it's actually you're doing it on your own or you might do it with some friends, it actually takes the pressure off because I, I know I have been involved in some running races 
and that's where you've got like you might have a hundred or two hundred all running at the same time. And I think that's probably that probably upsets the walkers more when there's two hundred people all wanting to go past at the same time. Where this, you might have one person, and the next day might be one person. And you're on the existing run, whereas a hundred people you're going to be spread yeah. out yeah. on yeah. either side of the existing mm. tracks. Yeah. If it encourages more people to, to get out and enjoy the countryside and, and, and just walk across the fields and uh, I think or run and, and run and it's it's a pretty big challenge to run the whole the whole way you know to run 100 miles to Winchester it, it's not going to be done today or or maybe never I have to let you go on yep, now because okay. I know you just as runners you can't stand about for too long so what's your next stop I'm not sure how far I get but I'm going over to Seven Sisters but it's not the nicest of days. It's all right to have you the wind at the back. Yeah, your back will be a whoosh. The problem with the South Downs way, it's going into the wind the whole way. Well, good luck. <laughs> I've returned to Ditchling Beacon. And this is where I've arranged to meet Andy Gattaker, who's the South Downs way trails officer. When did you first hear about the Trailblaze scheme? Probably about uh, two years ago now. Insurance Life came and gave a presentation to one of our National Trail meetings where all the trail officers from around the country uh, get together and, and, and meet. It's what was 15, your first impression? That it could give us a potential solution to, to problems with big events. But I think all the trail officers recognise that it has to be dealt with sensitively and, and there's going to be pros and cons to, to the project. How do you mean problems with big events? Because the South Downs Way is popular and it's a... It's a 100-mile trail that's well-maintained. It's often used for charity events and uh, running events. During the summer, I would say we have events every day, every weekend. And some of those running events can be quite large. You can have two, 300 runners at once on one day, and that creates a problem. So any way that we can alleviate that problem by spreading out the loads, they don't have to run in a big group, is worth exploring. My view at the moment is that uh, this Trailblaze project will spread out the load that's already there. So the amount of footfall may well be the same or very similar, um, but just not... But less at once. But less at once, so not quite as, as large-scale disturbance. Right, so you, you were for it. Do you still feel that way now? My position is really that I can see the advantages of it, but on the other hand, I can see why people get upset about it. So at this stage, it's a pilot. As trail officer within a national park, I think we've got to be sensible about seeing what people really want and what people are saying about it. So we've got to let the pilot run, and we've got to seek the views for and against, and then come to a conclusion. The other concern was about the commercialisation of the Mm. countryside, you know, people having to pay to run, having these electronic tag boxes at the different waymark posts. Well, I mean, I can understand people's um, worry, and that's, you know, it's a valid concern. I I think we've got to be sensible about what we're talking about when we're saying commercialisation of the countryside. The countryside is a working landscape. It's where people live, it's where people work, it's where people earn a living. We're very busy here, so... The landscape is commercial. There's no getting away from that. Uh, Leisure activity is a commercial activity. We're here on Ditchling Beacon. The car park over to one side is owned by the National Trust. We're here on Wildlife Trust land. And um, they're charities. They're commercial entities. Uh, You have to pay to park here at Ditchling Beacon. That's a commercial activity. So 
I can understand their argument, but I don't think that's necessarily a reason to to say, well, this project's not going to work. The aesthetics of the boxes, I think, is a a genuine issue because we're here in a national park. It's the newest national park in the country. And, you know, it's designated because of its fantastic landscape and the opportunities for recreation. So we've got to balance those two sometimes conflicting areas, the landscape and the recreation aspect. Oh, we have a runner. There's a runner going past now. Hello. Morning. There he goes in his fluorescent jacket. People are very upset about this, those who are anti-trailblaze. I think that's heartening that they have that passion. If people don't have that passion to get upset and to say, look, I don't think this is right, then we're doing something wrong. This landscape is supposed to evoke that kind of passion. So, you know, I welcome those comments, constructive comments, so that we can go back to natural England and go back to endurance life and say, well, how can we make this work? How can we make this better? And if we need to try and encourage changes to the Trailblaze project, then that's that's what we'll uh, aim to do.